All right, everybody. Last Sunday was crazy. Last Sunday was amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 30 years? Really? 30 years. And honestly, church, uh, no preacher can be anywhere for 30 years unless he's surrounded by good people. And I so am. Thank you. Thank you, church. Yeah. And I tell you what, Angel and I, this past week, uh, the whole week, we've been celebrating you. We really have. Thank you. Thank you for so many expressions of love last weekend. And thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving my wife. Thank you for loving our family. Thank you for encouragement and blessing and acceptance. You've been such a great church family for these three decades. And, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so grateful. Um, last Sunday, we went home and kind of, you know, unloaded our loot, you know. The, wow. And there was a box of uh, cards, uh, appreciation cards. Well, I'm assuming they are appreciation cards. We haven't opened them, and we're going to save that for a sabbatical that begins this week, and just, we're just blown away. Uh, thank you for your expressions of love. And um, I feel like, though, I need to clarify something. Last week, I, I entered at least 20 conversations with some of you that basically started with this question. So, Mark, what are you doing in retirement? <laughs> Who said anything about retirement? <laughs> and uh, I just want to know that, you know, I want you to know, just to kind of reiterate, in a couple years, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to be handing the baton of senior minister to Adam, um, Woods of our church, and that's going to be such a blessing and, and excited about that. And then, uh, but what's, what's for me, um, what's going to happen is I'm going to be free to really focus in on um, maybe more of a role of consultant, and I want to give a lot of attention to helping struggling churches and young preachers. And I'm excited about that, but I want you to know that I'm not going to cheat now to plan for then. I'm just going to wait till then, let the Lord provide and uh, we'll keep you abreast of that timing, but uh, uh, I'm a blessed man for being part of this church. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that I could, you know, ethically retire from kingdom work, right? And neither should you. Hey, I need your help to, uh, today. Um, I need you to help me with some of these texting abbreviations, all right? Just, you know, shout it out if you know what they are. How about this one? LOL. Laugh out loud, Laugh out loud. all right. SMH. Shaking my head, all right. Some of you are on it. IMO. In my opinion, all right. Some of you aren't getting these. Come on. How about this one? JK. Just kidding. FYI. BTW, by the way, all right, TBH, to be honest, there's a little sector right over here that's really good, like really good. Jim, I know it's not you. It's really good, all right. How about this one, TMI? Everybody knows that one. How about TY? How about this one, ROFL? 
Rolling, all right. How about this one? IDK. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on for that for a moment. Hold on for that one for a moment. Today, I get the privilege of concluding our summer sermon series from the book of 1 John that's been called Confidence. And this little letter of 1 John, I tell you what, it is so full of confidence, amen? Amen. And really, here's where we've been. And really, our confidence is really in the person and identity of Jesus, right? And uh, our confidence is in uh, in our message that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Our confidence is in being totally forgiven. Our confidence is in His anointing. Our confidence is in the Father's love. And last Sunday, Adam did an incredible job. Our confidence is in our victory. We've already been given it, right? Well, one more dose. Are you ready? Final dose. 1 John chapter 5 is where we're going to go. And the text that we're going to look at today may be the greatest confidence booster of the whole series. Let's start with verse 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 starts out this way. John, the author, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Ooh. Verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Listen to this one, verse 16 and 17. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. Verse 17. Or I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death, and I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All right. Verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. Verse 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. One who was born of God, God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Verse 19, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Verse 20, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. The word of the Lord. Did you catch verse 16 and 17? Can I read that again? If you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray. And God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying that you should pray about that. Did God really say that? 
did God really say that there's a situation? Don't even, don't even waste your time. You don't need to pray about that. <laughs> what? It actually reminds me of a little passage way back in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 14, 11, The Lord actually said to Jeremiah, <laughs> don't even pray for the well-being of these people. What was going on then and what is going on now that God would say, don't even worry about praying to me about that? Whew. And that's usually where it starts to go off the rails. And people are like, well, it can't mean, it must not mean, it, it could never mean, it, it has to mean. And usually people become mean. You know where I've landed, verse 16 and 17, um, with regard to what it really means? You know where I've landed? IDK. <laughs> I don't know. I have a guess, but I don't know. And sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know. Right? Sometimes it's just the best thing for you to say, I don't know. IDK. But, Brothers and sisters, let's not get fixated on the one thing we don't know and miss the other things surrounded in this passage that we do know. In fact, the apostle, or the apostle here, John, he's in, in this context, he tells us five things we do know. Five times he says, we know, we know, so that you may know. So don't get fixated on the one thing you might not know. Let's focus on what we do know. Amen? Five of them. Number one, we know we have eternal life. Can I read verse 13 again? Wow. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. There it is, black and white. You don't have to wonder. No more maybe. <laughs> No more I hope so. No more I'm trying. There it is. That you may know you have eternal life. That empowers confidence. Amen? You know, it's kind of like, like one of those automobile racing video games, right? Now, I'm not a gamer. Some of you are. But he, I, I've tried. And on those automobile racing video games, you know what? You can crash as many times as you want to and you don't really die. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It, you drive a little bit different if you know you really can't die. In fact, the whole, John tells us, his whole purpose for writing this book of 1 John is so that we may know we have eternal life. That empowers such great confidence. Number two. We know, he tells us, that the Lord hears us and answers us when we pray confidence. Look at verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know what he, that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we've asked of him. 
Now, there's a caveat there. You caught it, right? His will. And the whole context is eternal life. So it's probably indicating that we're praying more than about just meeting the budget or, uh, you know, getting a new vehicle or making sure our team wins. How about those O's? Anyway. Now, the Bible encourages us we can pray about anything. But we need to submit everything to his will. That's when he answers. That's when he answers us. Oh, you can you can talk, you can ask anything, but let's submit everything. In fact, every true prayer, every true prayer really is a variation of the Lord's prayer himself. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Ask anything, yield everything. And when we pray His will, I think the best way to do that is just to pray Scripture. Pray Scripture. Lord, you said anybody lacking wisdom, you should ask. (laughs) I'm asking. Lord, you said that if you see a brother or sister caught in a sin to pray, I'm praying. Lord, you said you do not want anyone to perish. So I'm praying for. Lord, you said you would provide for every one of my needs out of the riches of your glory. I'm asking. Lord, you said um, you would lead us not in temptation. Help. Lord, you said that if we just confess our sins, that you're faithful and will forgive us our sins. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, you said, never will you leave me, never will you forsake me. It kind of feels like you have. Come close. Man, when you pray his will, you know he hears you. And will answer. And does that not bring confidence? Yeah. How about number three? We know sin is deadly, but God will keep us safe. Sin is deadly, but God will keep us safe. Verse 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Now, what this passage is is not saying, it is not saying that when you become a Christian, you're never going to sin again. Yeah. What it is saying is that when you become a Christian, you decide to follow Jesus, you are going to no longer say yes to a lifestyle of sin. You're not going to choose a lifestyle of sin, uh, but, but when you do sin and when you do fall and you do make a mistake, by God's grace, He has your back. Amen? I tell you what, you drive a little differently when you know you can't really die. He's got your back. Number four, 
We know, the Bible says, we know who we are, whose we are, and where we are. Look at this verse, verse 19. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. But we know who we are, his children. And we know whose we are, his. And we know where we are in this world that is under the control of the evil one. And if you don't know that, you have not been paying attention. But here's the deal. In Christ, the devil can't get you. In Christ, the devil can't get you. In fact, my favorite verse out of this whole book of 1 John is 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, which says, Dear children, you are born of God and are overcomers because the one who is in you is greater than that evil one in this world. Yay! Confidence, right? One more. We know what is true. Or maybe I should say it this way, we know who is true. Verse 20 says, we also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Friends, in this world that is controlled by the evil one, in this world that is swamped with lies and deceit, we know who is true. We have a true north, amen? And because we know what is true, we stay away from the counterfeits. That's why he ended with, he ended the whole letter, dear children, keep yourself from idols. Because Jesus is our true north. And so I felt like, I kind of want to wrap up this whole series. I want to conclude this series with this statement. Here's the deal. You're not going to know everything. But we can know enough. You're not going to know everything. Sometimes you're going to have to like, I don't know. IDK. But we can know enough to have great confidence in this broken world. Amen? Roger Kipling wrote these words. I kept six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names were what and why and when, where and how and who. I sent them over land and sea. I sent them east and west. And after they had worked for me, I gave them all rest. Ever hear that? Pretty good. I mean, if you ever are trying to better understand a situation in your life, those are great questions, right? What, why, when, where, how, and who? Great questions. In fact, if you're ever coming to a, portion, a, a section in Scripture and you're trying to figure it out and understand it, ask those questions. I ask those questions almost every time I'm writing a Bible lesson or writing a sermon. What? Why? When? 
Where? How? Who? Those are six great questions for life. What? Why? When? Where? How? Who? Right? I'll be honest with you. There's some times in life that I can't figure out the what. I, I don't know the why. I don't know the where. I don't know the when. I don't know the how. But I know the who. And the Apostle John knew the who. And I want you to know that I have put all of my eggs in the Jesus basket. And here's what you're going to learn that when you know Jesus, you're going to realize He's the King of Kings, He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Messiah. He is God come to us. His name's Jesus. And when you know the who, you're going to realize he knows the what and the why and the when and the where and the how. And so therefore, he's all the confidence we need. Amen? Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for the last three months marching through this text of 1 John, this little book of the Bible that's so full of confidence. And thank you for the reminders of the things we do know. Help us not to get stuck on things we don't know. Help us to lean into what you've revealed to us that we do know. Because your word was designed to give us such great confidence living in this broken world. And I pray, Lord, that our time together today allows our confidence in you to surge. Thank you, Lord. Your word is amazing. It's powerful. And it's provided us with great confidence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.